0: Car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam.
1: Welcome back. This week we're going to be talking to Lee. He is on the fence whether to purchase a used car or to put money into his existing car, which has a lot of miles. So there's quite a few pros and cons that we need to talk to him about. Of course, we're going to have our gadget guru back, Peter Sudak, with another economically priced gadget. We're also going to be talking about how to keep money in your wallet and in your bank account by not falling for some of the pitfalls that some of the automotive centers have in place for unsuspecting automotive consumers. And of course, we have our trouble service bulletins this week. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. If you are in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. So let's get on with our show and let's give Lee a call. Hello. Hey, Lee. It's Pam. How are you?
0: I'm fine, Pam. How are you?
1: Good. We were talking earlier, and you had an automotive question regarding your Toyota Rav Four. Right.
0: And you know, it's a it's a '97 Toyota Rav Four, and it require it needs some work right now. It needs uh, it needs a paint job as well. So, but it needs uh, probably about fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars worth of basic work to get it in basically perfect mechanical condition. If I put some kind of a paint job on there, I might be spending $2,000, $2,500. It runs great. It gets pretty good mileage. It, uh, it's a perfect utility vehicle for my business, which, as you know, is a farm. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm contemplating is, should I spend that money, let's say, let's just pick a number and say $2,500, to get that car looking good and in perfect condition, or would I be better served, uh, you know, looking for another vehicle? I mean, from a, you know, when, when you look at it from a, a, a cost-benefit basis, mm. that, that was my basic question.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, and everybody can answer their own question, I don't want to hear the answer, but first of all, you have to look at your economic situation. Right. Okay? That's first and foremost. Everybody can get the new car bug within seconds of seeing their favorite automobile going down the road. Okay. I mean, it's it, it can happen that quick. It and, to me five times a day. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, you also have to look at, in this particular case, you're using this vehicle for work. It's not, well, it really wouldn't matter if it's for work or for pleasure, but this is for work. So... This is very, very important that you keep it maintained. Putting the money into it, you look at it this way. You're past the point how much the car is worth. How much is it per month if I do all this extra work? Right. Look at it as a car payment. Mm-hmm. If I do X amount of work, you know how much is it going to be. Right. So that's your first thing. Your second thing is, well, it's good on gas. In this case, you have a four-cylinder car. So, you know, that helps the equation a little bit more because right. all of us, you know, we all cringe when we go to the gas station now. And, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> you know where I'm coming from on that one. Oh, yeah. And and then, of course, you have to look at, do I really, really like this car? And, of course, again, you're using it as a utility vehicle. You're not looking at for pleasure. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it in this aspect, not so much do I really, really like this car, You know, is this car reliable? I know it's reliable. I know everything that I have done to this car. Right. And I know there will be things up and coming here and there, but I've done the major items, and I know it's got a good sound engine in it. That's the other important thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been a good car. Up until recently, it was uh, pretty bulletproof, you Mm -hmm. know. But it does have a lot of miles. It has, you know, 200, over 250,000 miles now.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that in consideration, you know. But I know the
0: engine is solid.
1: You so. know the engine's solid. So you look at it this way. You take your repair and you divide it by 12. That's going to be a car payment.
0: That's a good way to look at it.
1: Is it less than a car payment or is it more than a car payment? And right. then you have to figure in another maybe 10 15% for... Up-and-coming little incidentals that nobody can foresee unless you have a crystal ball. Right. Because things like that, they will happen, and you can't help it. You know, it happens on a newer car. Sure. But you have very good records with this car, which is important for anybody to maintain good records. So -hmm. you can look back and you can see what has been done and what hasn't been performed. So that's going to help you right there, make a decision. I see. But the main thing is, when you go out car hunting, in fact, I had one today come in. Somebody, uh, they decided that they were going to get rid of their older car because it didn't have airbags, and a family member had gotten into an accident, and so they're scared to death to drive this old but solid and reliable car again. Right. They went out, and they purchased a car for $5,000 off of a lot from a major manufacturer dealership. Right. They didn't have it checked out. Yeah. Well, they picked it up last night, and they noticed the oil light came on this morning while they were driving it, so they brought it in, and all these things that this major manufacturer dealership said was performed, the safety inspection, the oil change, so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. none of it was done. Yeah. In fact, they've got about almost fifteen hundred dollars in things that need to be repaired now right and see that's the other thing you always get them checked out before because that could have been negotiating money to lower the price
0: absolutely
1: let alone the safety
0: yeah i'm lucky because i have a good shop that takes such good care and i know if i know the vehicle because it's it's yeah I, i i would not buy a Another car unless I had it thoroughly checked out.
1: But, see, they have this new car with new problems that, you know, they didn't look into beforehand. Even though you're getting a newer car, you're inheriting somebody else's problems. Right. So you got to look at it that way, too. How much am I going to spend for my new car in repairs? Each make and model has their little idiosyncrasies, things that are known that they have problems, that they break down, and you have to repair often or not so often. You have to look at it that way. In this case, I can't believe what he bought, but what he did purchase is a high-end European, which with the amount of miles on it and the year, I mean, he's gonna be putting a lot of money into it. And for what, you know, why? You know, you've got to be sensible about these things, especially the way today's economy is, because you want to keep more money in your pocket and give the repair shops or the dealerships less money. That's the whole key.
0: Right. Well, I think your, your idea of looking at it, you know, whatever I spend, dividing it by 12 or maybe 24 or whatever, I think the mm-hmm. life of the car or whatever we agree the life of the car might still be, that's a very good way to look at it. And then mm-hmm. compare that to a, the payment on a new car. And, and and the message about checking out any car you buy—that's oh yeah,
1: it's 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 a must. I mean, you know, they brought it in, and I'm like, can you take it back? <laughs> can can give him a call because uh, they told you that they had this 106 point inspection on it, and the lower ball joint—you could actually move it just with hardly any effort whatsoever. I'm surprised that. They could even drive it. I asked them, and they says, "No, you know, they just drove it through the neighborhood and over to us. Wow, so yeah, it's in fact, we had one that over the weekend had over two hundred thousand in it, and they've had some issues and so on and so forth, and they knew they had this specific issue, and finally, they turned the corner going into a shopping complex, and the lower ball joint literally separated from its housing. And that was it. You know, he was lucky he turned into a parking spot at the time when it failed. Yeah. But, you, you know, any time you, you know any little, everybody knows their car. And any time you notice something's not just quite right, you have it checked. Because when you have it checked like that, it's cheap. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: It, Instead of letting it go.
0: Well, excellent.
1: So I hope I helped.
0: You did. Thank you so much. That's a very good, you give me a couple of ways to look at it, and that's great.
1: But just, but you know... You
0: and I will talk about it.
1: Okay, but just, you know, always remember, you get that bug and, oh, it's it's so easy. It's time. It's yeah. so, so easy. You know, I've got, on my vehicle, I'm pushing 159000 and I know I'll easily push it to 200000 It's a work vehicle, and I'm just going to try to keep it going as long as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's the economy, of course. That's right. Sure.
1: But I hope I helped.
0: You did. Thank you very much,
1: Pam. Thank you, and take care. And you know, going back to what I was telling Lee about that one customer who brought that car in that he purchased for $5,000, they're on a tight budget too, and now they have all these repairs they need to make to make it safe to drive. Had they had this checked out before they purchased the vehicle, they would have been thousands ahead of the game because they could have negotiated for the price like I said or not taken the car and kept on looking so now this individual is deeper in debt for a car that he thought was reliable that somebody told him that this 106 point inspection was performed on the car And let's face it, with a quart low on oil, the oil was black and the front end coming out of it, and the differential issue, which is something else that was on the list, there's no way that they're going to take the car back. He's going to have to fix it. It's money he doesn't have. Buyer beware, and make sure that any vehicle that you check out, even though it's purchased from a major manufacturer dealership, that you have an independent set of eyes looking at it, and we don't mean having your next-door neighbor who fancies himself as a technician. We're talking about taking it to an ASC Blue Seal shop and having an ASC certified technician check it out. And I mean really check it out before you purchase it. So word of the wise, today's lesson, check the vehicle out before you purchase any car, truck, SUV, etc. Always have it checked out. It will only benefit you and your wallet and remember the main thing for this radio show is to keep money in your wallet instead of putting it in your car so let's continue on with our discussion regarding car repairs and acting on the same premise as we were talking about this individual who purchased this car without having it checked out and has needs all these repairs they can't afford that they could just afford the car it's a sad situation to be in but let's tell you how to avoid the same pitfalls. So first of all um, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. I had a customer who came in over the weekend and yes I still do work at the shop all the time but I had this customer come in and one of our regular customers they got this coupon in the mail for 20% off all services but they took advantage of it and had an oil change and this 1995 oil change After being hit with a disposal fee and a service charge, that's the other thing too real quick, and I have to interject with this because it's one of my pet peeves. Shops all of a sudden have this service fee or the shop fee charge that they say, well because rags and fluids and other incidentals, it's supposed to cover it. No, the only thing that's covering it is it's covering their checkbook because That's all part of doing business. That all should be equated into their labor rate, their shop rate. So just pulling an arbitrary percentage of work performed, an arbitrary percentage of what your bill is, I'm telling you, we've seen bills that would only have maybe one or two rags involved, and they're charging $12 for shop rags or what have you uh very very overpriced tell them that you want everything itemized you don't want this shop fee there's no reason for it and it's just a money maker for the auto repair establishment and before we continue on making the second set of our show possible the AC Delco parts AC Delco parts I have them in my personal vehicle I've been putting them in my customers vehicles for decades that's right, AC Delco parts. It's just not for General Motors. It's for all foreign and domestic vehicles. It's a good quality solid part. I highly recommend it, or I wouldn't be installing them. And it has a nationwide warranty. So wherever you may be, ask for AC Delco parts for your vehicle. So let's continue on. Okay, now getting back to what I was talking about. She had this 20% off coupon, and this coupon was good for all services. Well, she had the oil changed. Needless to say, they came out with this $1,533 estimate for work that she needed on her Toyota Corolla. Panicking, she came over and, see, this was good. She listened to me. She got a second opinion, came over, and she did not need one item on that $1,533 estimate. It's scary, you know had she not listened to my advice and got a second opinion which happened to be at the shop my shop and one ahead that was money out of her wallet that she didn't need for car repairs and it went into the wallet of the automotive center so heed my warning always get a second opinion especially if it's a new shop or someone that you're really not familiar with don't go after that 20% coupon and say, well, you know, this can go towards that. Well, you don't need the stuff to begin with. So where's the savings? The savings needs to be in your wallet, in your bank account. Don't do it. Remember those two questions. Why? Why do I need this done? And how? How is this going to affect my car, my car's performance? And how is it going to affect my wallet? We had another one that actually came in today. We're having a rash of them, and I'm sure it's because of the economy. But we had one in today. Over the weekend, they got stranded. Their battery went out. It can happen to any one of us at any time, including me. You just don't know when a battery's going to dead short. And when that happens, they, you have lights, you have a radio, you have horn, you have your window operation, you have your blower motor, you have all these accessories but you go to turn the car and you just get a click. Well, that's because the battery has dead-shorted internally, most of the time, of course, but uh, you're stuck. So they had to get a battery. To make the long story short, the road service that was providing the battery for them said, hey, look, you need this, and you need that, and you need this, and oh, you need that over there. And they were building up this list of services on top of the battery. Well, he came in and he was pretty upset because he just recently had an oil change and on the oil change inspection sheet, none of this was listed. So we went over his list and you know what? We showed him that everything that was proposed by the other shop on this list was not needed. Again, he listened to me and seeked out a second opinion. And guess what? He has all that money in his wallet as well. So take my advice. Always get a second opinion, especially A, if you don't know the shop, you're not familiar with them, and B, if it seems like an awful lot of money for an awful lot of things that need to be performed on your car. Between these two people, they've saved almost $3,000. Money in your wallet, money in your bank account. That's why we're here, and that's why you're listening. So you learn these techniques to help you become a savvy car care consumer. Now it's time for everybody's favorite gadget guru, Peter Sudak. Peter has been enlightening us for a long time regarding useful and economically priced gadgets for our vehicles. So let's find out what he has this week. How you doing?
2: Hi, Pam. How are you doing today?
1: Good. So what do you have for our consumers listening in today?
2: Well, I got something that's pretty practical. Uh... On the doors, you know, they have the handle that you pull to shut the door off, especially on older cars, Mm -hmm. that little strap thing that screws in, and sometimes the screws get stripped out of there or the handle itself breaks. Yes. Well, they've come up with one that you can look it up by application. You can actually get yourself a replacement. You don't have to go to the dealer because more than likely for older cars, the part has probably been discontinued, so this is the good thing to have so you can replace the handle and then you be able to shut the door instead of grabbing onto the window and or other items and putting a lot of strain on those as well on the door panel
1: what a great idea
2: yeah I thought that was a good one
1: and how much is this uh, like the they run way.
2: about $18 they're available online or you can get them at the parts store um, they are a basically a custom fit deal they go mm-hmm. by car application okay so, you know, say you got a 1990 Grand Marquis, if it comes with a handle like that or an older car than that, then they could just look it up by application, grab the one off the shelf that fits your car, and it is it is guaranteed to fit.
1: That's good because you know how many times all of us have gotten into vehicles to uh, do a repair. And you go to grab the door handle, and there's nothing left.
2: Yeah. for the older cars. Or the door panels. You know, on some newer cars, even, you know, you grab the part that you're supposed to where mm-hmm. where you normally rest your arm there, and the uh, handle is, you know, coming off, or the door panel's about ready to come off, so you're trying not to pull too hard, because so you're about ready yeah. to rip the door panel off of there, then we're in big problems.
1: Yeah, we sure are.
2: Yeah, but this would be a good, it's relatively quick fix. It just fits right back into the screw holes that you had originally, and shouldn't take you more than 5, 10 minutes to put it in, and it's guaranteed to fit. So Great. it should be a good, quick, easy fix for the consumer.
1: Well, thank you, Peter. Thank you for taking the time out and uh, talking with us this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week.
2: That's okay. I appreciate you having me on. I, I I enjoy this a lot.
1: Thank you, Peter. Take care.
2: All right, Pam. Take care.
1: Well, that would solve a lot of people's problems, closing their car doors instead of trying to use the door handle how you exit the vehicle which we've seen that and we've repaired quite a few of those because they have become twisted or broken for the lack of a uh, actual door handle to close the door so uh, for $18 that's uh, not a bad deal. And this week's email question comes from Richard. He's from Florida. And Richard asks, why is it that he went to the auto parts store and they gave him a free reading for the check engine light on his car? So he took it into the automotive center and even though they got the same codes, they had a different conclusion, what was wrong with this car? Well, Richard, this is actually one of my pet peeves too, is that anybody can get one of those code readers and find out the code on their car and they can look it up on the internet or ask a parts replacer at a parts store and find out what the code is but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the problem. I'll give you an example. If you had a code for an oxygen sensor and the oxygen sensor basically sniffs the exhaust for fuel and if it picks up any fuel fumes it tells the computer, "Hey, I smell fuel. Turn off the fuel pump. No more fuel. It's too much fuel." And the computer complies. And then milliseconds later, it says, "Okay, I don't smell it anymore. Go ahead and turn the fuel pump on again." And it does it. And it goes back and forth. Well, you have this code for this oxygen sensor that it's that car is running lean. And that's not necessarily an oxygen sensor, folks it could be a restricted fuel filter it could be a vacuum line that is gotten old or disconnected somehow and it's bringing in unmetered air into the system so you can sit there and replace these oxygen sensors all day long and it, and it's not going to help what is going to help is if you have a check engine light on first you never drive with the check engine light on contrary to popular belief you don't drive around with the check engine light on that doesn't mean That it's a simple code and it's going to go away. No, this is the drivability of your car. This is your investment. This is your wallet. Remember, you drive around with a check engine light, it's going to rob money out of your wallet, out of your bank account. Whether it's paying extra in gas or something little dominoes into something huge, that didn't have to be. So please, never, ever, ever run around with a check engine light on. Furthermore, back to Richard from Florida, his letter here, we were talking about how they came up with different conclusions. The difference is you're looking things up on the internet and you're not an ASC certified technician. You haven't gone through all the training. The person at the parts store, they haven't gone through all this training. Being an ASC certified technician and knowing your stuff, you can come to the correct conclusion. So Richard, I highly recommend that you go with your ASC certified technicians recommendation. And even though the parts or the internet solution is cheaper, cheaper is not necessarily the right answer. The right answer is what's actually going on with your vehicle. So take heed, save some money and do the right thing. Always ask your ASC certified technician, never run around town or on the highway with the check engine light on, even though some fool says it's okay, it's not. And protect your wallet. All this information I'm giving you is to protect your wallet, keep money in your wallet. This is money you can never ever re-earn again. Once it's gone, it's gone. So please, always ask your ASC certified technician. They'll guide you in the right direction. And don't forget, you can always ask for a second opinion from another ASC certified technician. That's always an option. If you're not quite sure. But please, ask a professional. Let's move on now to our trouble service bulletins. For our first one's going to be for Honda sedans. Honda Accord sedans. And it's going to be between 2008 and 2009. People who own these or have driven these have maybe or may not have noticed a pop or a clip while going over a bump or railroad tracks or a speed bump. And there's a real quick fix for this. Pretty economically priced too. This is not a recall, but there is a fix for this. They actually have devised a wedge, like a wedge of cheese, think of that. But in this case, it won't be cheese. It will be um, rubber or a neoprene component And they actually put this between the sheet metal panels and the back. takes up this gap because, remember, all vehicles flex. Well, this one's flexing a little bit too much, and you're actually hearing the sheet metal. So give Honda a call. And moving on, we're going to be discussing, for those of you who have Ford products, Lincoln or Mercury products, between 2008 to present, also included in this is going to be the 2000, the 2005 Expeditions or F-150s. Again, this is a bulletin. It's not a recall. But they are having an issue with white flakes coming out of the dash vents. When you turn the AC on, they're actually having these light, white little flakes. And, you know, for us girls, we don't like that stuff on our clothes. So they actually have a fix for this to go in. You can have a shop do this, or you can have Ford or Lincoln Mercury do this for you. They have a solution to put it in there. They really don't want you breathing these white flakes, but uh, they're coming out of the vents. So if you see them, best that you have this taken care of. There is a uh, warning for the technician who's working on this to uh, try to avoid breathing this white flake powdery stuff coming out of the vent, I don't think you should be breathing either. But again, this is going to be a trouble service bulletin. This is for customer interest only, and it's not a recall. I would like to thank Lee for calling in and discussing his car options, whether to purchase or to repair. Of course, our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, as always, with another interesting and economically priced gadget for the car. And we'll be talking to you next week. Again, thank you for listening. When it all comes right down to it, the whole premise for this show is to make you a savvy car care consumer. Take care. Thanks for
0: joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon host website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.